welcome back to another episode of the Pure Nintendo podcast. My name is Gemma, and with me today I have two guests. I have from Pure Nintendo, Trev. Welcome back, Trev. Hey, hey, glad to be here. <laughs> and this week, joining us all the way from Premium Edition Games is our special guest, Barry. Welcome, Barry. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Our pleasure, absolutely. And we have a really big show again this week. We've got uh, we're going to talk about the latest Tears of the Kingdom trailer, which dropped just last Thursday. And we also want to discuss the Nintendo Live event that's been announced and our thoughts around that, as well as get some uh, details from Barry about Premium Edition Games and their latest Direct, which covers a lot of interesting content coming out. So with that in mind, let's start off with that Tears of the Kingdom trailer, which was announced, I think, with like half a day's notice or something. I think it was on Twitter. I saw it's like, hey, the final trailer is coming out. At like seven AM or something, I think it was for US viewers. Um, yeah, it wasn't much. <laughs> wasn't too much warning. No, yeah. it was just like, bam, here we go, last trailer. Apparently, uh, we've I feel like got- Nintendo does more shadow drop stuff like that uh, lately. I don't know why. Keep us yeah. on the edge of our seats. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they announce like directs the day beforehand and mm-hmm. sometimes game drops just the day beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is interesting. An interesting marketing uh, tactic, which is cool. And it does keep us on our toes. And as you know, we we Nintendo fans are kind of, you know, always watching and we are kind of taking this content uh, with avid <laughs> eyes and we're obviously rapidly consuming this and waiting and waiting and waiting for, for more details. So I think it satisfies those kinds of, kinds of urges. So did we, I assume we both got to watch the trailer since then. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Um, let's go with Barry since you're our special guest. Let's start with you today. Uh, thoughts. What did you think? Did it, did it hit the spot for you? Were you impressed or was there something else you would have liked to have seen? I think it was like a three and a bit minute, three three minutes and 45 seconds or something around that kind of mark. It's weird because when I'm already sold on something, I don't Mm -hmm. need to see more. Mm -hmm. I don't like to be spoiled. It's like, I'm (laughs) I'm good. Like, I'm good. So I was questioning even watching this thing. Mm, I'm like, you know, do I really need to see it? Because I'm I'm buying the game. I'm going to play the game. And I don't, I want to be surprised. But... I'm like, all right, you know what? I know that people are going to be talking about it. Mm-hmm. I know there's no way I'm going to get through over a month on social media without the trailer contents being spoiled. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to talk about it on, on my own podcast, Nintendo Fuse, as well as on podcasts like this, you know, that, that uh, I'm graciously, uh, you know, guesting on and thankful for that. So I figured let's, let's watch it. And it, uh, it exceeded my expectations. And... Cool there were things in there that I had no idea would be there. Uh, definitely didn't expect to see, you know, Ganondorf, uh, mm-hmm. as, as people are calling him hydrated Ganondorf. Now uh, <laughs> I, I didn't expect to see what appears to be dungeons, which made me very happy. Uh, the, the mission impossible laser thing was like, wait, what is this? What is going on? Uh, you know, there's like the giant bubble in the sky uh, that you like swim through. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there's a lot to unpack in this mm-hmm. the, the rocket mm-hmm. i'm like wait what is going on like <laughs> i want to dissect it i want to like rewatch it and do you know analyze it frame by frame but at the same time i don't at the same time mm-hmm. i'm like all right cool i saw it i that that's it that wet my appetite even more i am even more hyped for next month 
And uh, I think it did exactly what it needed to do because going in, some people were like, well, I don't know if Tears of the Kingdom is going to be game of the year. We don't really know much about it. And while I was excited for the 10 minutes they showed prior, some people were kind of like mm. lukewarm on it. Like, oh, it's connectivity. Is this Legend of Zelda nuts and bolts? What's going on? <laughs> and I think this trailer turned all of that around for the, for the majority of people and got the hype back up, which is what they needed. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. I totally agree um, from what you said even at the beginning of that, uh, just that I, t- I tend not to need trailers. In fact, I, I often avoid trailers, for, for especially for big movies that I already want to see because I don't want spoilers. You know, like the big Marvel movies, I might just avoid some of those final trailers because I just don't want to know too much. I want to go in, even Mario, and I said this last week when, our, when we discussed the Mario movie, I did feel like I knew too much about that movie and I would have liked to be surprised more. But that's because I watched the trailers over and over again. <laughs> so <laughs> kind of my own fault. But like I'm a huge Mario fan, so that was always going to happen. So I completely agree. I didn't necessarily need to see this trailer, but also at the same time, we're going to talk about it. We have to, we're going to, it's just something we have to do. So <laughs> do you feel like, because you said it kind of hyped you up more, which is cool. And you said originally you didn't need to see the trailer. You already wanted to buy it. And I'm in the same boat. So do you think, so you're kind of glad that they dropped it and you're glad that you saw it then? Or are you glad from a, the perspective that it helped maybe convince others? It, I'm glad that it helps convince others, but if, if they never released this trailer and I went into the game uh, without it, I think I would have been probably even better off mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, I wouldn't have seen what I've already seen. And when I saw it for the first time in the game, it would have been the, oh my God, like we're mm-hmm. really going here. Oh, what's this or what is that? And, and like, this is cool. But now it's going to be like, oh, it's that scene from the trailer. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know, oh, I knew this was going to happen, you know. So I think I think in the age of the social media and the Internet, it's really hard uh, to to not be spoiled, to not, Mm -hmm. you know, see these when there's a something released like this because there's always going to be somebody and even if even if you don't see it and you stay off social media and you have friends that like gaming you know there's one person going to come up to you and go did you see a new trailer oh my god get into it and be like no what are you talking about you just ruined it like just like that you might as well just yeah. tell me bruce wells bruce wells has been dead the whole time right like yeah so so at that point Wait, what? yeah exactly <laughs> uh at that point it's like you know, I wish I could have played it without this trailer coming out because I was already sold. But mm-hmm. from a Zelda fan's perspective, I'm glad they released it to keep that hype up, to build up that hype even more and get mm-hmm. even more people excited about it. Because I do have a feeling this is going to be my game of the year. And, and, you know, I think a lot of others as well. And, oh, totally. Uh, yeah. I'd be so very surprised if it wasn't, you know, game of the year for, for a lot of people, um, probably us included. Yeah, I think there's there's obviously, yeah, there's definitely a lot of hype. Um, and this trailer, yeah, I think it tipped a lot of people over the edge and just the hype train is well, it's left the station. It is it is truly gone out of here. Um, let's let's go to you, Trev, then. Do you, what do you think? How did you react to this trailer? Yeah, it's funny. I kind of am on the same page as you guys. I Part of me didn't want to view it. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I'm like, of course, we're going to be talking about it on the show. I can't just sit here and be like, well, I didn't see it. Um, (laughs) You could, but it wouldn't be. It would make for a dull show, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) um, No, it was good. Um, 
you know, I, I, I think the thing that jumped out to me, there was a, that really brief clip, I think where they were riding a mine cart and I'm like, wow, this looks like maybe it could be a more traditional dungeon mm-hmm. area. I think like Barry, I said that too. So, you know, that's something that I, I didn't miss so much with the original release because I really did like the shrines, but mm-hmm. now all these years later, I'd like to see them tackle traditional dungeons. So, you know, time will tell, mm-hmm. you know, if they have them or how many they have them. But, um, yeah, I liked mm-hmm. it. I liked the emphasis on, you know, the aerial stuff with um, even the aerial platforming, I thought was pretty cool. And, yeah, it did what it needed to do for me, which admittedly wasn't that much because <laughs> I'm going to be buying it day one. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people after that gameplay kind of preview that we had a few weeks ago, like that was, I thought that was awesome. I mean, we saw a lot in a short amount of time, even though it didn't show off, uh, like we're saying now, it didn't really show off anything to do that could be could be dungeons or not. We still don't really know for sure, but they definitely they definitely looked dungeon-esque in the trailer that we just saw. Yeah, um, that's, the, that's yeah. the word, dungeon-esque. Yeah, like yeah. So it, like you said, time will tell. Uh, so the gameplay trailer, a lot of people were still – you know, not ambivalent exactly. I think we're all we were already on board, but some people their reaction was that what's going on with the story? Like where where is Link in the timeline right now? Where's Ganon or Ganondorf? Where's Zelda? What's going on? Uh, is this a Breath of the Wild sequel or a prequel or you know, how does it fit into the whole scheme of things? Multiverse. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Of course, it's a multiverse. It's that's just. <laughs> I, 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 I have been saying this. You know what's going to happen. I'm saying this jokingly, but watch it be real. Like there's going to be something where like Link gets defeated, and and he's like needs help, and he's like using the Sheikah Slate calls upon like these portals open up, and like the hero of time and the hero of winds, and then you know <laughs> they all start coming out. The hero of twilight, and then, like all the links from <laughs> all the games come together, and then, like it's just like Avengers Endgame style, yeah. with all these links rushing Ganondorf. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that would oh man, be now cool. I now I really want that. <laughs> I know, right? That would be cool. <gasps> that would be so cool. Yes, I could see that happening. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely flavor of the month. The whole multiverse thing. If you know, if other uh, franchises or anything to go by, <laughs> oh, but Nintendo, sure. yeah, Nintendo does its own thing. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> but needless to say, yeah, it did. It did show off a lot. I think the other thing uh, that I wanted to mention, particularly to ask you, Trev, about, was the music because and. I mean, of course, Barry as well, but Trevor and I always discuss music um, on this show because it, I don't know, did you, did you notice how awesome the music was in this trailer? <laughs> I, I, I did not. And let me tell you why. Okay. You recall, I said, I was even hesitant to view it. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I'm really worried about spoilers per se, because Nintendo's, you know, pretty good at keeping things close to their chest, but I really, I wanted to be surprised because they showed, you know, clips like. And I'm like, I wonder what they're talking about here. So I actually just watched the trailer <laughs> muted. <laughs> right. Oh, wow. So I, did, I, I have nothing to say on the music except uh, I'm hoping for a more <laughs> pronounced score. Like the original Breath of the Wild had that, uh, you know, really good kind of environmental tunes that came in and out. But it was a little more subdued mm-hmm. Yeah. compared to other Zelda. So I'm hoping this is a return to that kind of epic booming score. 
I think but I think yeah, you're gonna get your wish. Yeah, but you're gonna <laughs> be surprised with the audio. <laughs> I, I think you'll be surprised with the audio. I, I don't want to spoil it for you, but I think, it, of course, you know, trailer music is very different than the actual music. But mm-hmm. I think, I think, based on this trailer, I think you'll be pleasantly happy. Mm, same. Yeah, that's a good point about trailer music can be different. Sometimes I'll ask on videos. Like devs will throw up a trailer and I'll be like, this is a great tune. Is this in game or is it just promotional? So <laughs> yeah, good points. Yeah. 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 I'm looking forward to it. That's honestly, I'm weird with, with music, but that's probably like when I think of the Zelda series as a whole, I think of like specific tunes, which mm-hmm. kind of bring up the scenes in my mind. So that's a huge element for me. I yes. think like to, <laughs> to me, I will say if this trailer is anything to go by and the music is representative of what's in the game. I will say this is the equivalent of Majora's Mask to Ocarina in the sense that when Ocarina came out, as much as everyone loved it, there was one big glaring uh, you know, omission from the game, and that was the Zelda classic tune is not in the game at all. And people are like, well, where is it? It's so weird. Mm-hmm. It's the first game without it. And then, mm-hmm. of course, Majora's Mask, you step out and determine a field and it's playing. It's like right there. It's like, oh, OK. It's like a course oh. correction. Like we know we realized <laughs> we didn't put that in the last game. We're definitely not only putting it, but we're putting it front and center for you. Uh, I feel like it's that type of thing where Breath of the Wild was very muted. Uh, and this is like, oh, no, we're going bombastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I didn't think of that, but that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully that trailer has not uh, led us astray because it. it <laughs> and again, we don't want to say too much because you deliberately didn't listen to it, Trev, which is which is really cool. Actually, I I love that because I knew that you'd be interested in the music, so that makes com- that makes perfect sense that you wouldn't want to hear too much of it. Um, oh. But it definitely stood out to me, um, and I think what Barry said is one hundred percent correct. It's just, it's yeah, it's a lot. It, it hit the spot for me, uh, and I do hope it it carries over to the actual game because it was pretty amazing. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that classic theme. I mean, you can't miss it. You honestly, you can't do without it these days. It's just, it's part and parcel of what makes uh, the whole game experience what it is. Really. That's where you get your goosebumps, right? Exactly. It's, it's when you yeah. know it plays, it's like, oh, shit's about to go down and the goosebumps <laughs> are there. Exactly. Yeah. I so feel yes. like a series like Zelda, you have even though each game is different, you have like a checklist, like where you have to make sure you have this and this and this. And mm-hmm. I feel like music is, that's one of my checklists anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, the classic themes, you know, even if they're reimagined, you know, orchestrated or with different mm-hmm. twists on them, you know, you can recognize them. That's what I want to hear. Yeah. It's yeah. so powerful in every type of medium, especially those recognizable um, themes. I mean, you know, like Mario, you know, Mm-hmm. World One One is so recognizable when you hear that. Yeah. It's like it's instantly memories and triggers, and and the same with Zelda, and and just like many many other. I mean, if you were watching like a, the the new Superman movie, for example, and you know he gets beaten down, and you're like, oh no, what's going to happen? And he like lifts the you know rocks that are on him. You know, he just busts out, and John Williams theme just starts playing. You know. <laughs> shit's about to go down like it's you get hyped you get you know really pulled in and and you know you 
talking about the Mario movie, it's the same kind of thing at the end there when they played, and I don't, I don't want to spoil for other people, but when they play a particular theme, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you know things are going down and you get that hype and you get the goosebumps. And Oh, totally. Know, I'm, it, like, so I'm powerful. getting goosebumps talking about music. I'm not even listening to it, but it's in my head. I can hear it, especially when it... <laughs> and the Mario this movie is... Why we need to bring video in so we can actually zoom yes, in on the arm. I know, I know. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, yeah, the Mario movie is a perfect example, actually, because they did such a great job with that soundtrack. Uh, I think it's like you're saying World 1, one World 1, two. You yep. know, those classic, iconic sounds. Uh, and they orchestrated them, you know, perfectly. They intertwined them with the movie so it was kind of seamless but instantly recognisable. Uh, and the Mario games do a good job of that anyway, mm-hmm. I think. You know, they kind of tweak the formula and make it – give it its own, you know, edge to it. But it's still Mario. So and Zelda exactly the same. I mean, they're both, you know, 40-year-old franchises now. So we've been along for the ride <laughs> for a while. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's incredible. It's part and parcel of what it is, and I, for one, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm very very excited about this. And we're counting down now. What are we on? Today's like the fifteenth. Uh, this will air on about the seventeenth or so. So we're well under a month now. Uh, only a few short weeks, really, to yeah. go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, do you think we're going to see anything else, or is this it? They said final trailer, so I kind of assume that's, that's the case. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got to be. Nothing more is needed at this point. Mm-hmm. All we're going to yeah. see is the reviews, like the review embargo, and some someone's going to leak things before the review embargo. And <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the hard part, isn't it? Staying away from those uh, <laughs> spoilers as we actually get to play the game. So, yeah, that's the next big thing, next big hurdle for us. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think it hit the sweet spot for everybody. So from what I've seen online, everyone has been pretty pleasantly surprised and, and happy with this trailer. Uh, so coupled with the gameplay trailer, I think they did a good job of covering a lot. Um, we could talk more about, if you you know feel free to jump in, the aspects of the trailer that we kind of liked a lot. Like you said, um, those platforming kind of elements, Trev, you know, the those mm-hmm. bits towards the end where he's kind of jumping and floating across to those little islands. And there was the bubble thing that you mentioned, Trev, which, sorry, Barry, which was really cool. Um, and especially those dungeon elements that we, we don't know, but we think are dungeon elements. <laughs> they definitely look like it. Um, All I'll know is that if, obviously, like in, in Breath of the Wild, there was 120 shrines. And mm-hmm. if they do go back to the dungeon element, I'm not expecting 120 dungeons. That'd be asinine. Um, <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm, you know, maybe eight to 10, maybe, maybe a little more. What I do mm-hmm. hope is that if they do go back to dungeons, they still have some way of fast travel because one of the mm-hmm. best elements of the shrines was it was a fast travel point and having mm-hmm. 120 of them out there it allowed you to explore the world so much easier and if mm. they don't have that i feel it's going to be that much more difficult and people are going to be like i don't really want to backtrack to there and it's, it's not going <laughs> to feel as i don't know fun like there's something about fast travel that, that convenience that modern convenience and especially mm-hmm. having it in breath of the wild to not have it in tears of the kingdom would be weird so if they are going to dungeons maybe they do dungeons and they do shrines mm-hmm. kind of like they did in breath of the wild uh although those dungeons were not most people's favorites um that would be fine with me, um, but as long as there's some kind of really good fast travel as well. Yeah, I'm thinking it's a it's going to be a mix as well. That seems logical. They do need something. Like you said, 120 uh, and those fast points. I mean, it's a huge world, and this world's even bigger, right? Do you guys remember the 
scope of the world. I can't remember the, the, the size they said in terms of like kilometers or miles, or whatever. It's like so many miles worth of land to tra- to traverse, something ridiculous. Um, you know, and if you don't have those in sort of quick and easy ways to get from A to B, uh, it's, it's a lot of backtracking because Breath of the Wild was gigantic and this is bigger. So it's, it's a lot, there's going to be a lot to explore. So yeah, I think it'll be a combo. I think it'll be a bit of both. Personally, that's my that's my yeah, guess. Yeah, I mean, they could even bring back like mini dungeons. I mean, like mm-hmm. you know, we talked about Majora earlier. It's got you know, it's it's four main dungeons, but then it's got a lot of you know le- smaller ones too, which you know aren't any less fun. So and and that's kind of mm-hmm. standard with a lot of Zelda games. You yeah. know, they have those smaller mini dungeons, so maybe they can kind of split the difference between shrine and full blown dungeon. True. True. Yeah. Cool. <clears throat> yeah, that's that would be cool. Awesome. Uh, any final thoughts on this trailer before we move on to the next topic? No. Okay. Nope. Well, I mean, leading on from that, do we think uh, Tears of the Kingdom will be playable at this Nintendo Live event that was just announced? That's one of the games. Yeah. It would make sense, right? <laughs> So Nintendo just announced a Nintendo Live event for North America in September. It's going to be in Seattle in Washington. And there's no actual date for September other than that vague month uh, and no kind of tickets not available yet. You don't know how much it is or timing-wise, whether it's uh, across a weekend, Mm -hmm. something like that. Uh, We do know that there was a Nintendo Live event previously in Japan a few years ago. So we kind of have a bit of insight as to how that might look. So, I mean, we've talked a lot recently about events, like, I mean, probably more like conventions like E3 and PAX. What do we think about Nintendo going out with this Nintendo Live event? Uh, Trev, do we want to start with you this time? What do you think? Well, it was interesting, Gemma, listening to you talk, and you're like, well, we don't have the date and no <laughs> yeah. tickets yet, and we we don't know this, we don't know that. I feel like I don't know enough mm-hmm. to have an informed opinion because I'm not familiar with the you know the Japanese event. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was looking over the press release, and I'm like, the closest thing it reminded me to is I don't know if you guys remember. Uh, this is going back probably almost ten years, like around the Wii U, uh, like first year they had these Nintendo Mall tours mm-hmm. where they would have these big. They weren't kiosks. They were like, uh, I don't know. They would map off sections of the mall and have a lot of Nintendo games on display mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. representatives and swag and whatnot. And I'm like, is this just a bigger version of that? Like, kind of. I guess it just leaves me with questions. Mm-hmm. They used to do that for the, than, the DS and 3DS as well, actually. At least here in Australia. I don't, I don't think we got a Wii U one that I saw. But I remember going to a shopping center or a mall and um, – playing, yeah, the, the DS and the 3DS when they were sort of releasing new kind of iterations of them and they had them on the display with, yeah, with Nintendo people around. Yeah. yeah it was they were fun. cool little events and I'm, I'm just, yeah, even now I, I pulled it up, I'm looking at it as you were talking and I just don't know enough. Like, is this going to be like Woodstock for Nintendo games? <laughs> or? Yeah. Kind of, <laughs> I think. No. Yeah, it sounds like uh, it sounds like a, a bit of a marketing exercise, I guess. And Barry, you might have insight uh, about this as well. It's to me, it feels like it's a it's a celebration of Nintendo. So it's meant to be kind of a family friendly event 
from young to old, you know, bring your grandmother, bring your kids along. You get to play games. You get to participate in fan events and tournaments. Uh, I don't know what, it, how much Nintendo will actually be presenting per se. Like I don't know whether there's announcements and things like that. That's definitely an unknown. I don't think the Japan one was necessarily all about that. It wasn't about here's a new game. Uh, it was more about celebrating, I guess, existing games, maybe maybe previewing upcoming games as well. Definitely the timing. I don't know when the Japan one was, but the timing for this one is September, which is, you know, pretty much leading into holiday season. So it seems like, you know, hyping people about purchasing Nintendo products for, you know, Christmas, etc. Um, I don't know. That's, that's probably what I thought initially. I, I mean, it, I think it's a good thing. I, I, if I was in North America, I would definitely try to get to it myself. It's a little far for me to travel, unfortunately. Um, in the, you know, since we, we've lost E3 this year, you know, it's not exactly a replacement, but it feels like it's something kind of cool or special that Nintendo's trying to do. And whether it becomes an annual event or not, I suppose it depends how successful it is. And I didn't realize this until I read up on it, but Nintendo of America, I think their headquarters is actually in Seattle. So it's, yeah, so it's sort of their home turf, I guess, in terms of America. And I believe they did have in the, in the, in the Japanese version that they did a few years ago, at least part of the event was in Kyoto, which is obviously where the sort of worldwide headquarters are. So I think it's interesting. What do you think, Barry? What's your initial thoughts? Have you, do you know much about the, this kind of event? I mean, realistically, especially with this being Nintendo, and what it's going to be is it's going to have, you know, kiosks with Tears of the mm-hmm. Kingdom and Pikmin 4 and Mario mm-hmm. Kart 8 and maybe Mario Odyssey or something and letting people play and enjoy. And, you know, Kirby might be there and there's supposed like mm-hmm. stage events and, you know, music, uh, you know, Nintendo music probably playing. And, and it's mm-hmm. probably something akin to that, just like the Japanese, like nothing drastic, nothing big. Just kind of, a, like you said, a celebration of Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And I think it's wise for everybody to expect that. Because Nintendo mm-hmm. is the key of, you know, coming out of left field and doing their own thing. And so many people get all these expectations, right? They, they'll make an announcement. And they'll just be like, this trailer, we're doing a direct for the Mario movie. And it's just going to be about the trailer. And people are like, oh, but there were no game announcements. Oh, I'm mad that there were no <laughs> game announcements. But Nintendo told you it was just for the movie. Mm-hmm. But you still get these expectations in your head. Like, oh, man, they're, they're going to do what they something different. And mm-hmm. I think you can't do that with this. I think based on the information we have now, you have to go into it. As this is all it is, it's going to be like like uh, you mentioned, Trev, the mall tour, or they used to do like the campus, uh, you know, tour where they would go around to different college campuses to show off like the Wii and and GameCube and stuff like that. I think mm-hmm. that's all it is. But but and this is where I say but there's some <laughs> other elements that could factor into this. One is there's no E3. So mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean we're not going to get a June Direct, um, but it also doesn't mean we are. Where, where E3, mm-hmm. we would at least be guaranteed something. Last year, we didn't get a June Direct. We didn't get an E3. And 
the next direct was in September. Oh, what else is in September? So there's a chance, and again, I don't want to count on this, that they premiere a brand new direct during this event. There's a chance. That would be cool. There's a chance, if you remember the the Switch back when it was called the NX, was shown off at the end of the year. And then we had the big blowout in January, the big presentation. There is a chance that they announce a new system, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Switch 2, Switch Pro, Super Switch, whatever you want to call it. There's a <laughs> chance. Maybe they bring them out on stage. Maybe they let people play it there for the first time. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Again, these are like high hopes. However, yeah. you mentioned uh, the holiday season is coming up. And mm-hmm. when they announced the NX, at the time before the holiday season in 2016 they they needed they needed that jolt in the arm right the wii u was pretty dead they weren't Mm -hmm. gonna lose many sales however the switch is still selling well and if you announce a brand new system right before the holidays for for release for next year you're gonna pretty much cannibalize in your holiday sales because people are gonna be like well i'm not gonna get a switch for christmas now for my kid because our new one's gonna come out or where i don't want to buy one for myself because i want to wait and save that money for the new one so yeah. at the same time, because the Switch is so hot, I expect you know a new console to be announced. If it wasn't announced already, you know, or or maybe in June, uh, I would say next year, um, just because mm-hmm. they don't want to lose those sales. And but you, you talked about playing upcoming games outside of Tears of the Kingdom and then Pikmin Four. We don't know any other games. Like mm-hmm, that's it. Mm-hmm. The whole second half of 2023 yeah. is a mystery for, <laughs> yes. from Nintendo's point of view, at least, uh, and what their offerings. So we don't know. So there's a lot of lot to question about this, and a lot of unknowns. And I mm-hmm. guess we're gonna have to see. But I would just say temper expectations. Expect it to be absolutely exactly what we're you know based on the previous nintendo live things where it's just going to be kiosks and you know maybe doug bowser will show up and just say thank you for coming and here's some music or whatever (laughs) um and if anything else happens that's awesome but don't expect yeah 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 okay that's that's great i think that's a really good summary i have lots of thoughts wow first of all super switch i love that can we please call the Switch to the Super Switch? Because, uh, yeah, Super Nintendo is like my favorite console. So <laughs> for me, that would be really cool. Um, what else? I think, yeah, absolutely right. You, you can't go in. And this is exactly what we're saying about Nintendo fans. Um, and you mentioned the Mario trailer, people wanting more. You know, <laughs> it's very hard to please us Nintendo fans. Sometimes we get a little excited. We do crave more. <laughs> more detail or more announcements or more games. And we've said this before as well, Trev, there's just so much content at the moment. It's hard to find the time to play all the games, yet we still want more. So <laughs> we're never satisfied. Yeah, we're, uh, we're twisted little crawlers, aren't we? <laughs> we yeah. can't play these games, but we still want them. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, um, I mean, we mentioned this a few weeks ago, the fact that the start of this year has been kind of jam-packed with with games from Nintendo, with Fire Emblem and, you know, Kirby and the Mario movie. It's not a game, but, you know, we've obviously got Zelda coming up, Pikmin 4. Uh, and, yeah, the, the second half of the year is really a huge question mark <laughs> because there are no big games. There's no Pokemon. There's no Mario. There's nothing uh, announced at this point. I think there's Pokemon DLC, but there's no kind of big 
uh, tier one games ready to roll out. So, and everyone's talking about Switch Two. We've been talking about this for years now. It seems like it's going to happen at some point. Well, it has to, right? They eventually they have to replace the Switch with something just because of technology. Um, when is that going to happen? No one knows. And I think you made a really good point that September would be a, a bit of an awkward time in terms of holiday sales. It would be shooting themselves in the foot a little bit. So maybe if they announce something in June, you know, that would be out by Christmas, that would make sense to then have some playable versions at a Nintendo Live event, for example. So that's a possibility. Otherwise, yeah, I think it'd have to be next year. You'd want to announce it kind of early on, wouldn't you? So that you would still maximize yeah. those sales. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that was the whole point with the the, the big January Switch presentation. But again, the mm, Wii U yeah. was was pretty dead at that time. They had nothing to lose. The Switch, however, <laughs> is still selling great, and Nintendo yeah. is known for pretty much keeping systems around past their prime because mm-hmm. they're still selling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and killing off systems early if they're not. I mean, yeah. if, you, if you look, yeah. you know, the, the, the NES and the Super NES absolutely kept going past their prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, games just kept coming out for them, which was great. You know, Game Boy, same thing. But if you look at the N64, the, the first half of 2001, you had some, some good titles, but it was only like four or five. Mm-hmm. And then the, the second half of it, 2001 had nothing. The N64 was dead well before <laughs> the GameCube ever came out. And you look at the GameCube. The GameCube died... You know, in two thousand, you know, six, you know, with the the uh, Wii launch, it, before the Wii, the the GameCube had, uh, uh, the uh, Wii, you know, the GameCube had nothing until Twilight Princess, which happened a month after the Wii version, and the GameCube was dead. The Wii mm-hmm. was the exact same thing. The last, you know, year or so, we had the Operation Rainfall games that we had to beg for, and, mm-hmm. and still, Nintendo didn't do much with the Wii until the Wii U, and again. The Wii was virtually dead at that point outside of Just Dance. <laughs> uh, and the Wii U was was dead, like, what, two years after it came yeah. out, it feels like. So Nintendo, no. I R. feel R. like they're looking at these sales and they're like, oh, the Switch is still selling crazy. Why should mm-hmm. we introduce a Switch 2 yet? Let's just keep yeah. riding the Switch, which is great mm-hmm. if you've got the hardware, but or at least the software, but the software is, we don't know a lot. <laughs> <laughs> what else is going on? They're, yeah. they're, they're surviving off <laughs> DLC this year. You know, yeah. this is a big DLC yeah. year. It's Splatoon 3, Fire Emblem mm-hmm. Engage, Xenoblade 3, Mario Kart 8. But yep. can they survive off of that? I mean, they did it on the Wii U, but they also had the 3DS helping them out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I guess we we shall see. But it, this, is, this is definitely one of those things where Nintendo fans, as you said, are very hard to please, fickle. <laughs> yes. and, and I've always said Nintendo can come out with a Direct that shows off 100 brand new games and at the end of the Direct announces that every single person on the planet is going to get a package tomorrow that contains five Switches, every <laughs> game released for the Switch ever, every game that they've ever released on previous consoles with those consoles, <laughs> all for free, as well as a billion US dollars for every single person, and there still would be someone <laughs> that bitches. So that's Nintendo fans in a nutshell. Yeah, okay. Good point. <laughs> wow, we're fickle. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, <laughs> there's always someone. You can't. You just can't please everyone, can you? It's but they sad, didn't but show it. off a new Metroid. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's what it would be. Exactly that. <laughs> Where's Metroid Prime 4? That's all I wanted. I didn't want a billion dollars. Screw you, Nintendo. You suck. <laughs> yeah, we can hear it now echoing around the world. <laughs> I'd be pretty happy with a billion dollars, though, I have to say. <laughs> Most yeah. people would, but the, yeah. you know, there's still so many people that would complain. Every direct, mm. oh, this direct only had like two games for me. This sucked. Well, not every game has to be for you. There's a lot of yeah. different type of gamers out there. Just be happy mm-hmm. for them and your time will come. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought the last uh, couple of directs had, you know, a lot of content and not necessarily all for me, but geez, they covered a lot, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, I think that was, yeah, that's <laughs> sometimes it's, it's frustrating to be a Nintendo fan just for that reason, but you know, we do love it and we got it. We go with the flow as much as we can. Um, and I love all these questions. I love this speculation. I think obviously we'll find out more sometime in the next couple of months because it's already April, it's mid April, September's not that far away. It's like five months away, but it does, you know what it, it reminded me though, speaking of E3, that maybe this is why they weren't involved with E3 even from the outset when E3 was even happening this year, just because they knew that they were planning this big event because it's a big event for them. It's it's, it's going to be probably a two- or three-day event. Um, you know, they need all their marketing, their event people on this. So I wonder if that's why they weren't super heavily involved or why they kind of weren't involved at all with E3. It could be a factor. Or this could be a result of not going to E3 like, oh, you know, let's do something instead. Mm. My guess Mm -hmm. to them not going to E3 uh, and pulling out early was probably just nothing to show. Like, Mm -hmm. if you don't have anything to show, why spend money on a presentation? Yeah. Yeah, there wasn't much, was there? I mean, maybe what Pikmin 4 would be the only upcoming game, I think, at that point, at June, right? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, too. Yeah. um, I I know COVID is not as much of a factor maybe at this point, but if this is in September, I wonder, do we even have confirmation this is going to be an indoor thing? Because mm. they just talk about a large scale area. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they have an outdoor thing, sort of like a, uh, you know, like a county fair, but it's all Nintendo themed or, oh, man. Yeah. you know, something <laughs> like that. Maybe they ignore a lot of the challenges that come from, you know, a big, big arena type setting. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I could see that, like a Nintendo fair. They're selling like funnel cakes in the shape of like mushrooms <laughs> and stars and stuff like that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. They can use some of those food they have um, at the Nintendo, what is it, Super Nintendo World at mm-hmm. uh, LA? Yeah. There's the soup, the mushroom soup, <laughs> which I would People like to be try. buying it and like, you know, freeze, freeze locking it in those bags. <laughs> in <the> first- <laughs> Selling yes. it online, yeah. Super yeah. rare. <laughs> this this funnel cake has an extra batter drip in the bottom right corner. It's a rare variant. <laughs> Would a collect like yourself be interested in that, Barry? Absolutely not. <laughs> no way. Would no it be how. Graded? I'd have to see if it was graded. Um, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh that's so funny um i do yeah i just lost my train of thought actually but i was thinking yeah the, the outdoor fair would be interesting but what i initially thought <clears throat> or one of the things i wondered which is me jumping straight to being uh you know <laughs> such a big nintendo fan that i was like oh i wonder if they'll sell like you know toys and merchandise at this thing 
So you've kind of taken me there with the food thing. But yeah, like I wonder if I can buy a Yushi like plush or, a, <laughs> you know, Animal uh, Crossing toys or something. You, you know. know what? They probably will have like T-shirts that say Nintendo Live 2023 and stuff like that mm, on it. Probably. Yeah. Those yeah. will be on eBay. Don't worry. You'll, you'll pay a yeah. fortune for those. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. If I'm not there, I don't think I need a shirt from an event. Otherwise, it's kind of like, what's the point? If you're yeah, gonna wear no a shirt, memories then, attached yeah. to it. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't there. It's like when you go to a gig, you know, I'm happy to buy a shirt, uh, a concert that I go to. But what would be the point of buying a concert shirt if I wasn't at the concert, right? So it doesn't make sense. Anyway, that's just me. <laughs> but um, I mentioned you being a collector, uh, Barry. So mm-hmm. let's move on to premium edition games and a little bit about you, because last time we chatted, we had a really good chat about collecting games. Yes, we did. And that's kind of like the premise behind, it's kind of like the ethos of premium edition games, right? You know, it's all about those, like having the, the physical version of games that you, you can't get, you couldn't previously get. Do you want to take us through a little bit about what it is that you do at premium edition games and sure yeah sure. what we do is we we take digital only titles like you said that you can't get elsewhere and we uh, preserve them at high quality physical releases and uh, especially you know now with the, the e-shops closed and the 3ds and the wii u and it was like this mad rush for the you know a couple weeks ago and mm. it was like the world was ending doomsday kind of deal <laughs> and you uh-huh. know what for a lot of developers it is you know, they spend all this time and money to develop a game. And even if they're not getting a lot of revenue uh, towards the end of a life cycle of a system, they're still getting a trickle. And then to to not only be turned off completely, but to be able to say, like, no one can now experience what you just made mm. is, is heartbreaking. So we mm. try to find games that resonate with us, games that we really enjoy, games that are just fun to play and preserve them physically uh, in their most complete form possible uh this way they they can be enjoyed well past the the switch's e-shop de- departure we know it's eventually going to happen it's nintendo mm-hmm. but you know we're, we do now playstation 4 and 5 as well we're you know we're, and even classic systems we, we really just try to give these developers a second life you know we've mm-hmm. heard so many stories and, and i'm sure you guys have experienced this as well. You go to what came out this week on the eShop and there's like mm-hmm. 20 games. And it's mm-hmm. like, there's yeah. no way you could play all 20 games. Uh, and there's no way anyone could play all 20 games. And what happens is if it doesn't, you know, go viral, a lot of these games just sink. They just sink mm-hmm. and, and they're buried in the, the eShop and they're never seen and people don't hear about them. And and that's heartbreaking. This is, mm-hmm. you know, people's passion projects. There is what they've worked on for years. Mm-hmm. to to come out with so we give them a new life we give them new attention and we not only get them out there uh, physically we get them into collector circles uh you know there's a lot of switch collectors there's a lot of people who do want to own the games physically that want to make sure that you know they're they're buying something that they will forever get to keep and then, you know eventually they can sell or trade or whatever they at least own it so we, as all of us as collectors, we tried to make versions of the games that we would want on our shelves, the ones that we would mm. love to to go to Best Buy or GameStop or whatever and, and buy and, and have. And if you've noticed a lot of physical titles uh, lately, just on all platforms have become very cheap. 
the the manuals what gone you know the sometimes especially on the switch a lot of times the inlay art is gone it's just white on the Mm -hmm. inside Mm -hmm. uh you know it's like bare bones and a lot of times especially with the switch developers get cheap where they they require you would download so is it really a physical at that point yeah um (laughs) you know (laughs) it's it's heartbreaking it really is. It's just the lack of caring. Sometimes mm-hmm. they don't even come out in a region. You have to import it or, you know, it's yeah. a collection, but only one game is physical and the others are download. It's like, man, yeah. it, it sucks. So we try and do what we can for these developers. And thus far, we've, we've you know, previously put up for sale and released 14 titles. And uh, we just announced our 15th and 16th title for the Switch. Uh, in our latest direct. So I definitely mm-hmm. recommend uh, you check out the direct. That was a, directs yeah. are always a labor of love. Uh, they're, they're time consuming, <laughs> a lot of, yeah. a lot of sweat, a lot of, you know, heartache, a lot of, you know, pressure, a lot of, you know, got to get, got to get all the assets in on time. And, mm-hmm. and our, mm-hmm. our wonderful, uh, you know, editor, Tristan, shout out to him. He did a phenomenal job this time in this direct. Uh, he, he listened to, a lot of what I had to say, and he, he didn't get too annoyed because it's, it's like the director, it's kind of like, oh, no, this has to be here. Let's just change this a little bit. Um, but it's fun. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I'm assuming you both have had a chance to watch the direct that we put out, I hope. Yes, definitely. I thought it was great. I love that you guys put those out because it just feels like – I don't know. It feels like a special way. I mean, it's like Nintendo or any company that puts out a direct. It's like, here's a, here's a collection of all the things we're working on at the moment. Here's an update from us basically in a nice little package. And it's fun as well. Like you guys had a lot of fun with it. I could tell, you know, some of the humor behind it and, um, I really enjoyed it. And it was really fun to see which games were on the horizon and, uh, in particular, you mentioned classic systems, and I know Tribe would be interested in this as well. Do you want to tell us about that title that you've got? In well, the if works? I, did, I, I take it, Trev didn't get a chance to watch the direct. Well, audio only. I didn't want to be spoiled. <laughs> I, I did. I'm definitely um, into the any. Well, no, go ahead and talk about it. They'd rather hear from you. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So um, we we did announce uh, our second NES game. Uh, mm-hmm. Previously, we did Orbody Binder's Tale, which did extremely well. And uh, this time we announced Bobby 6-7 Time Traveling Detective. Uh, this is a wonderful, passion, ga- passionate game from uh, Cal Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clay, who worked on this, is an awesome guy. And he's actually um, modified... <clears throat> the ROM for our release. There's going to be exclusive stuff on our cart that, you know, you can't even download and play like on an emulation. Uh, So you have to get the physical to experience that. Uh, And this is an aftermarket game. This is not a repro. This is a game that was developed, you know, more recently and uh, after the NES was dead. (laughs) But it's a phenomenal, fun game. it's, It's like seven worlds. You're, it's like a action uh, 2D platforming mm. uh, style game where you are going through time to try and stop evil half fish, half man from changing all of the traffic lights to green. That is the plan <laughs> all over time. 
So it's just an exciting adventure. There's a lot of humor and you got to keep your job. You know, you're a cop. You got to make sure that you don't get fired. Uh, and it's great just to be able to bring this out. You know, it's, we're, we're bringing it out. Uh, it's a full CIB. You get in the full NES sized box, you know, yeah. manual dust sleeve, the, the actual NES cart. It will play on your original Nintendo as well as on, you know, like a, a Retron or a, uh, yeah, what you call it? Oh God. This now I can't think. Luck? Can I have what? that too? Styrofoam block. I <laughs> actually, I believe there is a styrofoam block in there. Okay, uh, analog. analog. <laughs> that's that's what I was thinking. Analog, but yeah, it's exactly yeah. the same size, so it fits right into your collection if you already, you know, have an NES collection. And it's great to be able to do that for you know a small, passionate developer that mm. just loves the NES. And, that and is it's so the cool. second time we're doing that, and yeah, I love it. I love that we can Yeah, I <laughs> I mean to hear that there's a you know it's possible to buy a new game for your NES in 2023. Yep. I'm like that's that's amazing. That is so cool. I love that. How I just <clears throat> I mean I do want to ask a little bit about it. Like how so this so the developer wanted specifically to do an NES game, is that right? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. there's a big NES community where people will will still to this day make brand new NES games and mm-hmm. usually they're distributed via emulation, you know, ROMs mm-hmm. and because, you know, emulation itself is legal and obviously if it's an original game, there's no copyright that the developer owns it. So if they distribute mm-hmm. it for people to enjoy, that's great. But again, those are just files and it's always that dream of having that physical cartridge and uh, we were yeah. able to work with him to make that dream come true, which is great. And, you know, the, the original Nintendo collectors, they love seeing that. And if, you know, you could be a purist and be like, I only want to play what was originally put out in the NES, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But you are missing out on some great, great games <laughs> because over the past, you know, three decades, a lot has been, you know, developed about the NES. A lot has been discovered. A lot of techniques have been, you know, modified and, and developed mm-hmm. and discovered. And it just there's a lot that they can do that they probably wouldn't have been able to do back mm. then, but it, because it's playable on an NES, it also has the NES restrictions. So you take a game like Shovel Knight, which looks like it would be an NES game, but Shovel Knight could not run on an NES. This mm. is not only looking like an NES style, it is true NES style because it does run on the NES with those restrictions in play. Yeah, right. Cool. And it does look great. I mean, the trailer looks fantastic, I think. It looks like a fun game. You know, graphically it looks awesome. Uh, definitely has the NES style. Uh, and I love the plots and the characters. <laughs> yeah, I think it looks like a super fun game. And I need to I need to find my NES. I, I need to dig it out because it's at my mom's house somewhere. Yeah, I you keep, do. I keep saying that to you, don't I, Trev? I'm like, I need to go to my mom's house to get my NES. <laughs> um, but I know, Trev, you have yours, right? Because you, you play a lot of NES. I, I do, yeah. Mm. I've been playing a lot in this past year. And um, it's, you know, people knock the NES about blowing in cartridges, but my NES still runs great. <laughs> It really does. So yeah, that's did cool. Did you get your pins uh, replaced in seventy two? I did not. Although I am using a top model, so oh yeah, that, that's the better one, the top loader. Yeah, that's a little more reliable. But yeah, I definitely agree about some of the aftermarket games. I do have some of them from like a uh, like Mega Cat Studios or some of the yeah some of the other ones. But yeah, this one looks good. I I, I did want to ask. Obviously, this is going to be a NES edition, but like looking over, I kind of feel like that customer we were joking about earlier 
You got your standard mm-hmm. editions, your steelbook editions, your retro editions, first print, second print, deluxe edition, variants. Like, without giving away your trade secrets, can you maybe share your thought process on which game gets which package? Mm-hmm. That's good. That's a good question. So, all of our Switch games will get a standard and a retro edition. That that is in the contracts. Every game gets that. Uh, so for NES, we only do the one edition, which is the you know standard CIB you know NES. Um, mm-hmm. With uh, with other things like the Switch, we do what we call our first print. We do that for the early adapters. We do that because you know if you if you want we want people to pre-order. We want people to, to know like you're getting that first version. It's going to have its own uh, slipcover because all our games have slipcovers and when we do reorder games because we do you know we're not a limited publisher so if a, a game sells out of of our initial order however big that is if there's demand for that game we will reprint so for an example robot name fight uh we we printed a standard uh, and retro and that one actually had a deluxe which i'll talk about in a minute and uh sold out completely sold out there was a demand. People, we would go to shows and people would be like, oh, do you have a robot? Here's a robot. So we reprinted mm-hmm. robot. Uh, and a reprint is a thousand uh, copies. That's that's what a reprint is, minimum. And we decided we weren't going to do just a standard version. We did the Steelbook. That was our reprint. It's a brand new version. It's got a brand new O-sleeve. Cool. Uh, and we put it out there. As, so, so if you got it originally, you got the first print, you know. But if you want a variant, if you're a variant hunter, you want to get another copy, um, you're going to get something different. And if you're just finding it now, you're getting a new version. It's it's also special. It's a you know very cool. It's got a neat O sleeve with a hole in it that that shine has the uh, steelbook shine through. It just looks great. So that's where you get special editions like that. Uh, as for the deluxe, the deluxes are something. Originally, we set out to do a deluxe every series. The series is where we release several games, you know, together. Uh, we're on series six now, and we did a deluxe for Pigeon Dev Games Collection for series one and Robot Name Fight series two. And we we have announced when Sunshine Anthology uh, comes out that we'll also be having a deluxe. But we kind of put a break on deluxes because books uh so deluxes come with hardcover strategy guides and mm-hmm. the books are printed overseas so when we did robot name fight it was printed overseas and it was shipped by freight because hardcover books are very heavy you're talking 200 page books and you're talking 500 of them <laughs> you know it oh. gets very heavy so we do freight shipping and unfortunately that happened in 2021 and in 2021 Mm -hmm. we had the whole big shipping freight debacle where everything was backed up and you would see freights off the coast of california just sitting there no you know it took forever to unload and it took us like four months uh, of the of the books being on the ship till we finally got it (laughs) Like four wow. months and customers are like, where's my game? And we're like, well, we can't assemble it until we have the books and the books are on a freighter. Like we literally gave an update where we took a geographical map and we just pointed to the ship with an <laughs> arrow off the coast of California. Say your book is here. Your, your game is here because like, that's all we could do. 
<laughs> and then, you know, of course, even when they docked, there was a lack of workers because of COVID. So even mm-hmm. when the ships docked, it took forever for them to get unloaded. Wow. And then, of course, shipped from California over to us. So we uh, we put a little hold on that just because we felt so bad for those customers. We, we don't want to have people wait forever. And this was completely out of our hands. It was nothing to do with us. It was, you know, but we didn't like it. So we're mm-hmm. trying to to limit that in a game. If a game really warrants a deluxe, we're going to do a deluxe. Uh, mm-hmm. We the next thing we have is a collector's edition which we have with Raji and that was an accident. Raji had never planned to have a collector's edition. Raji was supposed to have just the standard and the retro and we were all set for that and we told them for the retro edition which all our retro editions come in a retro style box that box is the exact size of a Super Nintendo or a Nintendo 64 box so you could use protectors you fit it on your shelf it's all uniform. It looks great, but all the stuff, you know, has to fit in there. And we said, Hey, we want you to do an art book. And they wanted to do an art book. And we said, okay, we'll make the art book, a super Nintendo size manual, like, like that size, make an art book that size to fit in the box. <clears throat> and they said, okay. And they got back to us a couple weeks later and said, so we have the art book. It's 128 pages. <laughs> and we're like, wow. uh, uh, that's not going to fit, <laughs> that's, um, but we didn't want to say cut it down at that point. So we said, all right, let's think of something else to throw in the retro box, which we did, which is the little puppets, because when you, you play the game, the story is told with these puppets. And we said, well, let's make a collector's edition. So we, we printed the art book, all 128 pages, and it's the size of an N64 or a Super Nintendo box now instead, but it's mm-hmm. you know thicker. It's 128 pages. So we yeah. did a slip cover to, to house the, both the retro box and the art book all together. And we didn't want to call it a deluxe because it's not a deluxe. It's not the same size as our deluxe. So we called it the collector's edition instead. And uh, that also comes with some extra puppets, the shadow puppets. Uh, so cool. you get two, I think, in the retro, and then you get the rest of the cast in the collectors. So that's, yes. you know, how we decide. And sometimes the developers decide for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, yeah, it sounds like quite sure. a, yeah, thank you. It sounds yeah. like quite a journey for everyone involved, really, you know. Oh, yeah, it is definitely an experience. Um, yeah. but, but it's being able to work with these developers to get them what, you know, they've always wanted this, this yeah. dream of having their game uh, put yeah. out. So, you know, talking Switch, you know, we, we, we'd mentioned that our fourth series is all in stock now, which is Wonderling DX, Rain in Your Parade, and Rack and Ruin. They're all in stock. They're all shipping. And standards mm-hmm. and retros, we still have a few in stock of the retros. And retros are limited. The standards are not. And uh, we uh, we love those games, and we're glad that we can get them out there. And then Raji, as well as the rest of our fifth series, They Bleed Pixels, uh, Love 3, and Eagle Eye and Twist are all in production. We're just waiting for everything to come to our assembly plant, and then we'll be shipping those out because everything comes from different places. The manual comes mm-hmm. from one place. The, the subcover comes from another. The cartridge, of course, comes from Nintendo. Uh, So once we have it all assembled, we'll be shipping those out. And then, of course, we announced Series 6. Finally, we two two games for for the Switch that we've been dying to talk about, and we finally can. (laughs) Uh, The first one we revealed is Wife Quest, 
which yeah. is <laughs> probably hilarious. it's the funniest game i think I, and rain your parade is a hilarious game but i think wife quest is even funnier i think it's the funniest game we put out and wife quest is an action platformer with uh rpg elements uh and it's it plays uh, you know has has some like strider elements it's got some rastin elements uh it is just a absolutely hilarious adventure where you play the titular wife mia on our quest to save your husband from all the women creatures that have captured him because <laughs> they all want, they're jealous of your marriage and they want him for themselves. And, and you are out there trying to get your husband back. <clears throat> and uh, it is hilarious because you can, if you've ever played any platforming games where an enemy has like killed you or knocked you into a pit or something and you've died, you have that extra frustration, like, oh, you know, like, how dare you? This game allows you to actually express that because every enemy in the entire game, you could just beat up and kill no problem, or you could do finishing moves on every single enemy, and that includes like choking the life out of them, breaking their back, <laughs> ripping their wings off, stop, you know, breaking their legs. And, and it's hilarious. It's all cartoon violence, but it's funny. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's got really tough bosses uh, that will really challenge you. Uh, a Mega Man style system where when you beat the bosses, you get their powers kind of deal. Okay. So you can then utilize their powers for future levels. You also, uh, there's like a collect-a-thon. When you beat a level, it tells you you know, all the things uh, and what you missed. And you can go back after you have some of these powers to go through and find what you missed. The shop for you to buy upgrades, permanent upgrades, like health upgrades, uh, sword upgrades, armor, stuff like that. Uh, it is just a, a fun, fun experience, a fun game. It's unlockables uh, and new modes when you beat it. It's one of those games where I played it for review for Nintendo Fuse, and I beat the first two levels, and I called up East Asia Soft immediately. <laughs> Yeah. And I said, can wow. I get some more codes so that I can, you know, for the team to play? Because we, I think this is one we want to do physical. And I told yeah. the team, I said, play this. Yeah. This is one we want to do physical. Nice. And uh, That's so yeah. cool. It's, yeah. so good. <laughs> it's so good. I love that. Yeah. I just, and it does look great. And even the art style, it, it all sounds, I haven't, I haven't played this, uh, this one, but it just looks fantastic. It really, really does. So definitely worthy of a physical release. So I'm excited to see that one <laughs> out yeah. there in the wild. Yeah. And yeah. I love that. That's what you guys do as well. You have the opportunity to actually like developers come to you, but then also you see a game that warrants attention and you can go you can reach out to the developers and go hey what do you think do you want to make this a physical release Mm -hmm. so kind of works both ways right it does work both ways yeah so this is Mm -hmm. definitely one of those where we were able to make it happen and working with pippin and east asia soft has been a dream come true they're Mm -hmm. very very talented teams and uh it's just awesome because this is this is one that you know I think I think some people might hear the the title and something and be like wait what that's I'm I'm confused <laughs> but then when you see the gameplay like it makes sense like it is quirky yeah. it is fun it is it is anime but it's uh, awesome and it's definitely worth it and that goes up for pre-order in two weeks cool uh, uh, Bobby six seven we talked about goes up for pre-order in four weeks and then what goes up for pre-order uh on the day this goes live uh on monday is a game that i am still in disbelief that we're able to work on and i'm so happy to be working on it which is super dungeon maker and oh yeah is (laughs) this is this is what i've wanted we've we've talked the whole beginning of this whole podcast about zelda Mm -hmm. uh this is what we've all wanted nintendo to do since they announced super mario maker back Mm -hmm. on the wii u Mm -hmm. is to make a zelda maker and they still refuse to do so 
So <laughs> the teams over at Fire Chick and Roca Play said, we're going to do it, you know, and they did. And I don't know how they did it, but they did it. And <laughs> it is amazing. So if you played Link's Awakening on the Switch, you know, there was that mini dungeon maker in there. And it was mm-hmm. just reusing pre-existing rooms from the, the Zelda dungeons. And it was all square rooms after square room because, of course, it was the, um, the, the Game Boy it came out on. So it was very limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not that at all. This is every room you create. Uh, so you you draw it. So you can make like a circle, you can make a diamond, you can make a star, you can make a square, a rectangle, you can make a U, a T, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Every room you actually customize and build, you can put enemies wherever you want. You can put triggers like traps where you walk over a, a certain space and it spawns enemies or even just enter the room. You can make it so treasure chests appear when you kill all the enemies, doors open when you kill all the enemies. Uh, different items like the bombs and the hook shot and the shield and the rocks feather are all counted for. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it is <clears throat> pretty much everything you would want from like a link to the past, but infinite. Uh, dungeons yeah. <laughs> also are can be huge. They can be as small as you want or as big as you want. This game allows you to do up to seven floors. So you think of like the towers and like a link to the past. Mm. Um, it's like that. You could do up to seven floors. You can make it as complicated as you want. You could do different. You could have like uh, rooms that are ice, like the ice floor physics. You could do the ice sliding puzzles with like the blocks. You know, you could you could do really almost whatever you want. Put bosses in regular rooms. You know, whatever. You, just go crazy. <laughs> have fun with it. Uh, you can make a small or big dungeon, uh, and the creativity is is oh, it's unbelievable. So because mm-hmm. this game launched last year on Steam and early access. All the dungeons are cross-play. So when oh, you get cool. your cartridge of the game, not only can you play dungeons that Roka Play actually designed and are in the game, but you can go to the the community in within the game, browse through, just like Mario Maker, oh, mm. thousands of levels created, thousands of dungeons. You could choose to play them. And if you like them, you could download them onto your system so you could play them at any time. You could rate them. Uh, and of course you can design your own dungeons and then of course send those out uh, into the interwebs for everyone to enjoy. And you get a code just like Mario maker. So you can post on social media, Hey, play my latest dungeon, uh, is this game is just, it's honestly, it's a masterpiece that they were able to do this. And it's even more amazing that Nintendo approved that a game like this on the switch, you know, steam is one thing, but yeah, this is on the switch. And, uh, the fact that they did it tells me there's no Zelda maker coming out anytime yeah. <laughs> soon. <laughs> so, so yeah. this is your chance to do that. And we're so great, grateful to be able to bring this out physically, you know, again, a standard and a retro for both, uh, both of these games. And this goes up mm-hmm. for pre-order uh, today uh, in terms of when this goes live, it's, it's mm-hmm. Monday. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, this is like a dream come true as a lifelong Zelda fan. This yeah. is it's Zelda in everything but name, and you play the chicken. You, you know, I you, saw that. You play I was going to ask what's with the chicken. Is that just because they're called Fire Chicks? Like, is that just? Yeah, that I think that's why they did it. The team's Fire yeah. Chick. I think they made a yeah. chicken. It makes little bacaws as it rolls and stuff. It's it's adorable, <laughs> and and of course to get out in sort of a triforce, it's a giant golden egg is the end nice. goal yeah. uh, for each dungeon. Nice. 
But uh, yeah, they've teased more playable characters, and that's definitely a possibility. Uh, oh, yeah. They're a very small team. Uh, you, you saw them literally in our direct. They're just mm-hmm. a very small team. They've been working. Like I said, it's it's been out for over a year in early access on Steam. It launches officially on May 3rd. So we actually have the pre-order going live before it's even available digitally. Wow, um, cool. And of course, you know, we're it's it's great to be able to to take all this this year and a half or so worth of time and effort that they put into it and culmination uh, for the true launch and be able to launch with it. So it's, it's definitely one I would not recommend sleeping on if you're a Zelda fan, um, just because again, it's outside of the name, it's Zelda. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, and it looks amazing. Like the trailer just, <laughs> I can't even describe it. It looks literally just like you said, it looks like a Zelda game, like a top down dungeon of Zelda, like it's phenomenal. It, it looks phenomenal, honestly. I'm just like so impressed with the trailer. I was like, oh my gosh, it's so. It looks so easy as well. It looks like you can just move elements around and mm-hmm. create stuff uh, kind of on the even fly. down to the animation. Like I'm watching the yeah. roll. It looks like Minish Cap. Yeah, very much like <laughs> <Yes>. Minish Cap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks really, really cool. Definitely one to watch out for. Absolutely. Um, oh, and yeah, if yeah, go on. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, if you want the physical edition, yes. I mean, as Barry said, pre-orders on premium edition games open today. So yes. jump on that because I think this would be one to to have in your collection for sure. This <laughs> right. yeah. is absolutely a dream to be able to to bring this project to life. Uh, you know, it's one I, I didn't think we would be able to do, you know, be able to work mm. on something so close to Zelda and, and it's just yeah. great to do that. Yeah. Definitely a gap in the, in the market at the moment is this uh, Zelda maker that like you said, everyone's been wanting for a long time. We've been time. wanting it for so long. Yeah. How clever are these, these developers, honestly, to be able to do that, especially with a small team. I think that's really impressive. And this it's kind of illustrates your point too, Barry, because like, you know, this game, yeah, it can, you, people can get it digitally on, what well, May third, but that's what ten days, nine days before Tears of the Kingdom. I could mm-hmm. easily see this getting lost in the shuffle. But then oh, yeah. you'll have a physical edition, which people can have on their shelf and you know revisit any time, and you know not have to to search for it or re-download it. Or mm. you know, I, I think that's a good way to to preserve it, for lack of a better word. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's the thing because so we're doing the pre-orders, and obviously we do like a we do like a thirty-day pre-order window, uh, or, or sometimes we extend it a little bit depending on on uh, demand. But we do that pre-order window is to um, gauge interest for our first initial order because we're not a limited company. We want people to get it, so we don't mm. want to do oh we're just going to do five thousand and then like six thousand people say we want it. I'm like oh we got to wait, we got to do another reorder, and people wait. So we, we do wow. this to get an initial initial order in, and then we're going to order for production. And uh, so by the time the physical does come in, you'll probably just be finished with Tears of the Kingdom because it's going to be a big game. And you'll be like, oh, great. I'm jonesing for some more Zelda, and then this comes <laughs> out. And you're like, great. Because the, like you said, the digital, it's honestly the one of the worst times to launch the digital because it's so close to Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But – does. yeah. I mean, thankfully it comes out a little bit beforehand, but it's yeah. so close. You're going to get a week with this and then, yeah, it could get but lost. That's <laughs> the beauty of this game because it's infinite. So, mm-hmm. what, you know, if you if you wait and you get the physical after Tears of the Kingdom, you say, all right, I'm going to play this. You've got all these dungeons to play through, plus your own, you know, maybe, maybe there's some stuff in Tears of the Kingdom that we haven't seen yet. Like, oh, that sparks my creativity. Mm-hmm. And you try and translate that to 2D. 
like you know people yes, try to yeah. recreate you know like the past dungeons in this and you know the original oh, yeah. zelda dungeons in this we we did a dungeon on stream it took us 40 minutes to complete it was a really complicated dungeon with <laughs> cool. some clever puzzles like wow this was really good uh and of course like mario maker you're gonna get some dungeons that are just like here's all the bosses bum rush you and it's like yeah. oh thanks you know <laughs> um I, I feel the love so you're, there's going to be quality differences when any of this user created content but that's why yeah. there's a ranking system and all that stuff and a rating yeah system. yeah amazing oh yeah i can't i can't wait to see that one and the other thing i wanted to say about your direct is that i do love that you have the those kind of developers on the show as well and they get to talk about the games you get to see them in person like this is a real person you can tell it's a passion project for them you can tell that this is something that means a lot to them so i mean yeah you guys do a great job so we, thank you yeah. we always try and get them involved because so so few people know the creative minds behind the games and we want to mm. give them mm. their attention and make it a spectacle because then we could just release a trailer and just be like oh this is coming out great you know yeah uh, just another thing on youtube but instead we'd yeah. rather do it as an event <laughs> get people there do it live premiere do the, tr the 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 streaming afterwards and then of course it stays on youtube and we we promote it in emails and stuff like hey mm -hmm. go check it out uh, because it is a presentation uh, there were there were two other things we did in the presentation when we gave an update on Sunshine Anthology, or I should say we didn't. Um, Paul from Fossil Games gave us an update. Uh, that was our first Kickstarter we ever did back in 2020. Mm -hmm. That's two 16-bit horror games going to be on the same physical. They're Camp Sunshine and Sunshine Manor. And we're just waiting for it to be fully ported, and, and they are waiting for it. So it should be ported here, I'm going to say within the next month. And then mm -hmm. once it goes through quality checks and all that and is released, um, we will be talking about doing the physical. But we haven't taken money on it yet because we want to make sure that it comes to fruition. But everything looks good. And that is one mm -hmm. you don't want to miss. And that speaking of good. Kickstarters, we have a brand new Kickstarter that's live right now. As of the speaking of this, we're working with Chad Tronic with his latest Kickstarter, Poglings. Mm -hmm. Poglings is the question if Sega... Never abandoned the Chow Gardens from Sonic One Adventure 1 and 2 and kept <laughs> it going. So it's a modern-day Chow Garden, and uh, it's over five times the Kickstarter goal already at this point. It's over wow. $200,000 raised, and it's it's still got like 25 days, 24 days or whatever to go. Um, so we're really honored to be doing the physical edition with him, and we're doing the, the plushie with him. Cool. And the the one that's in the Kickstarter that you can get right now is going to be exclusive. It's going to have its own exclusive slipcover. Um, again, this is just to show the, the Kickstarter. It's your exclusive reward. And the plushie, the yellow Poggling plushie, is an exclusive color only available through the Kickstarter. So when the game launches, we will have our own version on our website with a different slipcover. We will have more plushies of the Poglings in different colors uh, as well. But uh, definitely check it out. It's an awesome game. Chad's an awesome guy to work with. And mm -hmm. uh, it's already, like I said, over five times the asking. So it's a, it's already successful. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it being funded. It's it's funded. That's amazing. Yeah, that looks great as well. And you could tell the excitement from, from Chad. It was just, it was awesome to see him on the direct. Yeah. Um, and I love those collectibles. I love like plushies for some reason. I love the idea of having... A game character like physically <laughs> i don't know why that's why i'm asking about the nintendo live 
whether they're going to sell. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just, I have this, yeah, that's my collections. But anyway, um, that's, that's so great. Uh, Thank you so much for updating us on all of those terrific games that are coming. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see them come to fruition and, yeah, I hope they all the pre-orders go really well. Jump on and, and check out Premium Edition Games listeners, please, because what Barry and the crew do is fantastic. And I just, yeah, yeah it, especially like you said at the very beginning, you know, it's heartbreaking that, you know, when developers get looked over or these games get looked over, you know, with closures of eShops and things like that. So I love that we that you guys are able to give them a second chance and really help promote this this excellent work that's out there because there's a lot of great stuff you know and like oh, we've been so saying yeah we've been saying kind of a theme anyway but just of today is that there is a lot <laughs> that we don't get to see or play uh, this is just another awesome way to to experience that so yeah definitely love your work did you have any other questions for barry trev about premium edition um yeah i had one i'm looking at your uh well, I was, and then I shut it. <laughs> so I was looking on your about page, and you say, "Meet the team." I noticed most of your team don't have any bios. Is bio coming soon? Yeah. So we uh, we, we've been so busy. The truth is, we've just been so busy for for doing that. We have a great team, and that's one of the things we try and highlight in the direct too. Is that we, you know, when we launched our early directs, we had a little cartoon characters of ourselves, mm-hmm. um, but we we have more than just a few people in the team, and we really didn't want people to associate premium edition games with just one or two people. We we have an entire team that makes that makes it happen. So we try and incorporate everybody into the direct, or at least a good number into the direct, and give everybody at least a section to talk and uh, mm. and showcase something, which you know is great. But we've been so busy. We were launching PlayStation, uh, you know, a couple of months ago. We did our, our state of premium. We just did, you know, Series Six. Now we're getting Series Five in production. You know, and and we're all uh, in a team. We have a lot else going on, just like personal. I, um, mm. you know, our, our head of our street team, our and our, our um, you know, our head of shipping. Uh, they just had a baby. Uh, you know, we're <laughs> we're about to have a baby in a couple months. Uh, our CEO is actually moving to thank you is is moving to Hawaii uh, for for the army. So so he's been wow. packing up his house and you know like <laughs> like all this stuff is going on at the same yeah. time as we're still moving full step you know full speed ahead. And it's like we we need you know we need to get everybody. We said like how oh, guys get that get that. Designers are are working on doing the because you know they, all of our physicals they come with manuals <clears throat> right so they're full color manuals they have to be written. So, you know, mm. our designers are working on that. All the art, if you notice, on all of our pieces is unique. We don't reuse art. So we have all brand new artists and uh, some of our designers are working on that as well. And one thing I didn't mention, if you didn't know about us, is all of our games come with challenge cards, which actually includes our Nintendo releases. They also come with challenge cards. And what we do is we ask the developers to come up with a crazy challenge that we, they want you to accomplish. <laughs> and if you do that, we actually mail you a physical patch in the mail um, for free. Don't, you don't have <laughs> to pay. Cool. It's not even like Nintendo. We're like, oh, you can have this for free, but pay $5 shipping. No, we will <laughs> mail it to you for free. You don't pay shipping. It's just our way of saying congratulations um, because we want you to play these games. We don't want them to just sit on the shelf. So we, that's our way of encouraging you to complete your actual physical by having the patch in there as well. Um, so cool. 
So you have to earn it. So because of that, that is that is one of the reasons the about page. I'll bring it up again. Uh, is, is has less less there just because you know everyone's been so busy. We're a small team. We all wear many hats, and uh, mm-hmm. you know we we try and prioritize getting out these fantastic games in in a timely manner with you know everything done and done yeah. properly and not cheaply. Mm-hmm. You know, making yeah. sure. You know, you really get what your money's worth. Well, it's it's premium. You know, this is not this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> standard. I'll give you because it sounds like your priorities are, uh, you know, in, in the right order. So <laughs> exactly, you know, it, yeah. we, the way we put it is, we put our money where our mouth is. You know, you know, some people. You know, maybe never even heard of us. And we have 10 physicals that have already come out that are shipped, that are in people's hands. You know, we have another four that are, you know, in production about to come out. We have, you know, two PlayStation titles that are in production. We've got these two games that we're about to launch. We have an NES game that we've already put out twice. We did two two pre-orders, for, uh, two orders of uh, Orbody. And then, of course, another NES game coming. And we're, we're still talking brand new ventures we've got a lot of exciting stuff we actually have games signed well into next year because we go slowly um so we do pick out you know we feel the creme de la creme for everybody so it's mm-hmm. like the nintendo seal of approval that they used to have all of our releases mm-hmm. get the, the premium <laughs> seal of approval because nice. uh, we we support it we love these games so much we're we're honestly backing them the best way we can by giving them the physical release so yeah that's so cool nice. Yeah, you can definitely tell the passion is there. Yeah, which is fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> no, it's always great to chat to you. So thank you. Uh, and we'd love to have you on again in the future, of course. Absolutely. Did Did you have any final words, Trev, before we wrap things up? Um, How's our no, print well, going? We've covered, we've covered a lot. This <laughs> yeah. has been a, a longer episode, but that's good. I'm glad. Yeah. We're definitely yeah. big on – you know, supporting companies that do physical media because obviously we're, you know, trying to get our, our physical magazine in hand. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm hoping maybe in the future we can even have a, this is awesome having the podcast, but maybe we can even have an interview spread in print because mm-hmm. we've done that with other companies like uh, like Super Rare Games and, mm-hmm. you know, some of these others. So I think Absolutely. that'd be a fun thing to have in the future. Yeah. Uh, I'll be down yeah. for that. Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. Sounds great. All right. Well, let's wrap things up then. Thank you, Trev, for joining uh-huh. me again this week. And thank you, Barry, again, special guest. Please go and, and check out Premium Edition Games. Uh, we love talking to you, friend of the show. Um, everyone have a lovely evening, day, night, wherever you are. Thank you for listening. Please follow us on Twitter. We're at Pure Nintendo. If you'd like to support the show, we're also over on patreon.com slash Pure Nintendo. The physical magazine that Trev just mentioned is on its way out currently for our current edition. Uh, we look forward to getting that into your hands. And until next week, game on, everybody. Bye. <laughs>